0: Welcome back to Extreme Voltage. My name is D-Mel Konian, and we've got a lot to talk about. Our LA Chargers are 3-9, and nine, 12 games into the 2020 season. Extremely disappointing season. Uh, we had so much to hope for, and it has crashed to the bottom of the floor. A 45-0 blasted shutout to the hands of Bill Belichick and his new England Patriots. Tom Brady-less New England Patriots, and they came out like gangbusters and just put us down like the formats that we are in this nasty AFC West. I don't want to say this team's quit. Uh, there's too much pride on this team. There's too much talent on this team. There are professionals on this team. Uh, but whenever you have a coaching staff... Uh, led by Anthony Lynn, who is extremely out of his element. And you see it now, plain as day. Plain as day. Good guy. Great motivator. Ex-player who knows how to talk to current players. Great running backs coach. He got a job as an OC in Buffalo for half a season or less. And from there, he was brought in as a head coach. Can't do the job. And that's okay. There are some coaches that do great as a coordinator or as a positional coach. But when you are leading and delegating a team and you are involved in crucial time management, decision-making skills that you possibly are not ready for or don't have the knack for it yet, or will ever have to knack for it, quite honestly, as we've seen many coordinators that have been elevated to head coaches that do not do a good job, that lose their jobs as a head coach and go back and become great offensive or defensive coordinators, and that's the root of where they came from, and that, that's what they do really well, and God bless them for that. And some coaches go back, do their thing and maybe get a second opportunity or a third opportunity as a head coach. And that's great too, and that's worked. Well, look, just let's not go too far down the street. Bill Belichick this week, he was awful at Cleveland. He was fired as a Cleveland Browns head coach. And he came to New England, of course had the luxury of having Tom Brady, and the rest is history. So yes, I'm not saying Anthony Lynn is never going to get a job as a head coach again. He should not be the head coach of these Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go back and let's talk about it. Let's see what we're looking at. Uh, we're 3-9. and nine. And, you know, you could be 3-9 and, and and looking strong where you're in games. You know, we talked about that earlier in the year. Oh, they're in so many tight contests. They're only losing by a, a score or less. And look at the record. Look at the record for score or less in a game. That's a consistency you're seeing where you're losing all these close games. And it's not because you have a lack of talent and that other team is so much better that there you always losing this because you're having one less player or one less issue. You're consistently losing these games for a reason. Absolutely, production is what you need on the field. However, if you do not put your players in the best position for them to succeed and Keep putting them in situations where they are failing. Their confidence will go down. And you're going to lose these close ones. And that's what we've seen. Now, we've transitioned. It's a pretty crazy timeline. We've transitioned from the games of, oh, what a great lead we had. And look at us now that we're, we're, we're losing. Do you remember not that long ago, early in the, uh, in the year, how about game number two? We were beating the Kansas City Chiefs handedly. We're doing really well. We were, we were putting it to them, and we were taking care of the Chiefs, and that was looking like a nice win for Justin Herbert's inaugural game as a Charger, as an NFL player. And, of course, we go down uh, and lose in overtime. Uh, that was the start of it. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a couple weeks after that, what, we had a 14-point lead to begin with at least, if not more, and came back and lost that one. How about the Saints? At the Saints, drubbing the Saints. Again, strong lead. Overtime loss, 27-30. Go to Jacksonville, get a win with some issues. Then at the Denver Broncos, right? At the Denver Broncos, with two wins in the season, trying to revitalize that that season, try to salvage it and, and make a playoff push. You're up by 21 points at half. And you're putting the wood to this team that does not have an offensive pulse. The Denver Broncos had under 100 yards in the game uh, at half or even third quarter. And you let them come in at the second half and bludgeon you and bring it back all the way from a 21-point deficit and beat you 31-30? This is the Denver Broncos. They should, they're not built for that. And you let them do that. Then at the Las Vegas Raiders, You know, he came out, this is another game that we could have had and jump-started our season to get that climb going for a seventh-seeded playoff berth. And what do we do? Extremely bad time management issues during the first half. Uh, Terrible special teams with a fumble. Uh, Again, we're going to talk about the special teams in a minute. I'm I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about how poor we are in special teams, uh, league-wise, if not history-wise. And you let that clock management issue where Anthony Lynn did not take a timeout in the first half, let a, let a lot of clock bleed out, just not disciplined enough, and that affected us with, with that time issue. And then you had a chance to win at the end. Um, interesting play calls. You know, you went to Donald Parham. Um, you went to different people there. That's, that's going to be a situation where you're going to have to go to a Keenan Allen. You've got to go to a Hunter Henry. That's the guy you got to trust your playmakers to get you in that end zone. And it was a great effort by Donald Parham. I loved it. And replay did kill us because I thought that was a great catch in the back of the end zone, back in the Raider game a few weeks back. And it was a catch, feet down, and unfortunately that got taken away. So again, another issue there, but let's not forget about the the, uh, problems with, with clock management. Miami Dolphins game, brutal. That was a thing to come here. That was almost like the predecessor of what's going to happen at the Patriot game. 29-21 final score doesn't really explain to you how badly the Chargers offense was dominated uh, that day. Um, that defense gave the Chargers front a really terrible look. Uh, it was a muddle defense where you couldn't tell where the, the defensive linemen were going to be positioned. And it just gave them a really Difficult look on who's coming in, who's staying out, what the, what the pass coverage is going to be. And that really brought in a lot of problems for the Chargers. And that's something should, should have been coached. At least that's, that's where your halftime coaching comes in and you start adjusting to the gameplay in the first half. And that didn't occur in that game. And that was just something that I look back and I go, hmm, that's not good. <laughs> if if these coaches can't can't do something to fix that, that's not good. Then we have the New York Jets game, right? And you know I gotta I gotta give these Jets they're owing you know they're owing uh, twelve now right and and they're fighting every week I get it they they want that win they're scratching for a win those are the kind of games that you could lose um, you were rocking the Jets and you let them come back once again and how about that that pass uh, reception uh, to uh, to Mims the receiver and it should have been uh, Anthony Lynn's red flag immediately for not making that catch on fourth down uh, as, he's, as the referees gave it to him. It was not a catch. And again, a failure in the coaching issue. Anthony Lynn, I know you can't see everything. you got to have your guy or gal upstairs zapping you down and saying, hey, coach, throw the red flag on this one. Challenge it. This was not a catch. Something is not coordinating right. That's another issue. Time management we'll talk about again, not coordinating right. It's one thing when you're a coach on the field and, and everything is happening. There is a controlled chaos going on on those sidelines. I get it. That's when you have to trust and delegate people to make sure they have those eyes on what's happening, what time management looks like. If I'm a head coach on that, on that sideline, I'm asking my guy, hey, let me know how many timeouts I have. Let me know when I need to start using these. Keep that in the back of my head. He's got a lot of things that he's doing, but he doesn't know how to delegate. Again, outside looking in from the fishbowl. Not delegating correctly. As a head coach, that's your job. You can't have your hands in everything, but you need to delegate and trust your coaches and your players to make the right call. Especially as a, as a pretty much a, a first-time coach, right? You're still getting your feet wet in this game. So let, let's fix what the problems are, and that hasn't been done. Well, let's go back to that Buffalo Bills game just a couple of, just last week. That's a game that should have been won. The Chargers were in the thick of it and doing well. And again, blundering issues, special team problems. The Buffalo Bills, we had a nice two-minute uh, drill going in at the end of the half. And again, problems with clock management uh, hurt us on that one. Uh, special teams hurt us on that one. These are these are problems that are not going away. These special teams, the punt blocks, the field goal blocks, the field goal misses, the, uh, the return game uh, just yesterday with the Patriots returning over 170 yards on punt returns with a touchdown. I mean, this was embarrassing to the max. How do you do this? Lynn had an issue with special teams earlier in the year. What does he do? He relegates that guy to another uh, – that coach, I should say, to another position, helping out with the receivers or helping with the offense. Great. And now he inserts himself into the special teams, and now he starts doing the special team coaching. Why? You're the head coach. Step away. Bring somebody else back in there. You've made it 10 times worse. And this is what can happen when we have a novice coach putting his hands in areas that he cannot control because now he's drowning under the pressure, right? This is NFL football. you got to have guys you trust, you got to have coaches you trust. You have to delegate. You have to sit back and see what the issues are. You fix it, and, and you work it so your players are, are staying afloat, and they have a chance to win every Sunday. That's not happening right now. Uh, look at the scores. Uh, 34-28 to the Jets with a win. Great. 27-17 loss to Buffalo Bills. 45-0, schlacking uh, against the Patriots. And that Patriots team should not do that. Should not do that. That's a five-win team coming at you. Should not do that. There, it's a one-dimensional quarterback with Cam Newton. He's going to run on you, right? Shouldn't do that. Damian Harris back there. Shouldn't be running five, six yards a clip. Blasting away. He wasn't getting touched. And that's consistently. Let, let's talk about the defense and the lack of run stoppage. This team can't tackle running backs. This team, and I and I love this front seven, especially the front four, right? Even with Melvin Ingram gone right now, I love what Bosa's doing. Bosa had a career day at Buffalo, blew it up in Buffalo. One-man wrecking crew. I have never seen a defender dominate, impose his authority, as they would say. Just put on a hammering in the backfield, right? Loved what I saw. Not since the Junior Seau days that I see a defender dominate a game like that. That was amazing to see. What I'm going to run defense, what is happening to our run? What has happened to our run defense? We cannot stop throwing. You can't stop throwing this game. Game's over. They will bleed clock. They will keep the clock and they will score on you. And your defense, I don't care if they're the, they're the 85 bears, man. They're going to get rocked. If you can't stop the run, then you're going to be playing 50 minute football out there out of 60. And your defense will be out there for 50 minutes playing football. Okay, because your offense, your playmakers, your stud QB, he's going to be holding his, his helmet and watching your defense getting their butts kicked up and down the field with a running game. And we've allowed every team to come in and impose their will as runners. And that's the first step of, of losing. Let's go back to Anthony Lynn. Why has Gus Bradley retained his job and continues coaching? this defense that only keeps getting worse on a weekly basis. Loyalty is one thing and foolishness is another. You have to have accountability. It could be your friend. It could be a a longtime coach that you know so well. But when it's getting to a point where it's hurting the team and your lack of decision and action is hurting the team, then you're not doing the right job. And you should be removed, Gus Bradley, and I like him a lot. I like them in Seattle. I like what he does. I like them in Jacksonville, but is not working at all in Los Angeles with these chargers. This defense does not work. You have to have the players to make it work right now. the charger's offensive line is absolutely inept at what they 're doing and What they need to do is protect this quarterback, number one. It's one thing you can't open up running lanes, which I thought they magnificently did in that cincinnati Bengals game, man. That Bengals game, the first game of the season, I was like, wow, this looks great. We're getting some awesome protection. And even the Chiefs game, I thought we did well. But ever since then, it's just been crumbling like a house of cards. There's nobody on this offensive line that I'm going to say we need to keep. Let's start left to right. Sam Tevi didn't play last week, uh, last Sunday, I should say. That's fine. But prior to that, what am I seeing with Sam Tevi? Athletic tackle. Absolutely. Sure, I'll give you that. Can't pass protect. Can't pass protect. Okay? Uh, Problem there. You can't have your left tackle not to be able to pass protect. You're going to get your, your quarterback killed. And we've seen way too many of it. Right? Forest Lamp. Man, when they got Forrest Lamp, I was so excited years ago. I'm like, what a steal in this draft. I am excited about this kid. Sure, he had his, his nagging injuries. That kept him out of, the, um, out of playing time for the first few years. Pretty uh, Obviously, the knee injury he sustained and ankles and so forth after, after that. Absolutely. It's been, it's been a tough go around. He's healthy, and he's not doing well. He's healthy. He's not doing well. He, he's not seeing the pressure from his left side. He, he just doesn't know where everything's happening. Don't like how it's... You don't, you don't sign him. You don't re-sign. This is, you cannot keep people that are not helping you and are regressing. Dan Feeney, now our center after Mike Pouncey's uh, injuries, which was a, was a bad signing now. Going back and, and seeing it, that was a bad signing, right? You, you don't know how the injuries issue will work out, but he had injuries coming in from the Dolphins, and sure enough, he's not to be around, right? He's gone. Dan Feeney, regressed. Can't be your center, Can't be a starting center next year, right? As a guard, okay, acceptable guard. He was okay. He was good. Good to okay, right? Not enough. Not enough. Trey Turner. You know, excited about Trey Turner coming in this year. I thought that was going to be a pretty awesome upgrade to have him. Um, He's been injured the whole time. I've read the groin issue that he's been having, right? Injured the whole time. I thought the first or second, I think the second game he was playing out, that was really exciting to see that. Uh, But, man, nothing. Uh, Saw him here last couple games. I know He's trying. But it's not enough to keep him. With, with the contract money you're going to be paying him, not enough to keep him. Don't need it. And he's a young guy. He's a young guy that we got for Russell Okung. And Russell Okung himself is an injured guy now. Um, and I thought it was a nice little swap. Not working for you. Uh, let's go to Brian Balaga. Man, I, I watched him yesterday. I know he's got a lot of back issues, right? This whole year has been on injured uh, issues. But he didn't look good. He did not, his speed is not there. The foot speed is not there. The protection isn't there. That, that defensive end, that, that left defensive end was just taking it to him, right? I can honestly tell you, it, you have to watch the tape and I need to watch it again this week, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the all 22s, because you're seeing this, this offensive line get beat every which way. It's not just one or two links. It's every which way. Let's start talking about Trey Kipkins. This is a third round pick from a couple of years ago, right from last year. This kid can't do it. He cannot play you want to keep him around for two more years, you have him under contract and try to bring him up to speed, excellent. Do that. Don't put him on the field yet. He's getting your franchise NFL superstar to be Justin Herbert killed. Now, let's also talk about, again, I'm going to circle back to Anthony Lynn. So, so far, you've managed to take great leads and come back in the second half with zero adjustments and lose games consistently and they're close ones consistently and in those games you're playing better you're the better team you're the better you're better personnel and I'm seeing it exploding on teams and you're losing managing ways to lose games at the end okay special teams huge problem for this for this charger organization right huge problem what do we do to fix it I don't know you bring up practice players this last couple weeks great it's gotten worse It's absolutely gotten worse. So you put your hands into it. Great. You've made it worse. Lack of delegation. You know what I hated this week about the 45-0 loss? By the way, I'm I'm trying to reflect back. I don't think I ever saw a, a Chargers game where I was more disappointed by and just saying, I cannot believe we can't do anything. And it wasn't against a Kansas City Chiefs team or a New Orleans Saints team that's playing so well right now or, you know, or, or a Tennessee Titan team or a Pittsburgh team that I thought would be dominating right now or even a Packers team. Patriots team, man. It's a Patriots team. That was one-dimensional, right? That was limping in here with, with an injured Cam Newton. You know what he's going to do, right? Little Superman is going to run at you, right? He's going to come at you. And, and you're not ready for that? You're scared to he's going he's to beat you by his arm? You're scared of that? No. And you got run on. You got dominated upon. And your offense did nothing. And that's not because of Justin Herbert. If somebody's saying Justin Herbert had a bad day, I'm going to tell them, you do not know football. And I'm not here just to back up Justin Herbert. Listen, I'll tell you, he threw two picks yesterday, right? Absolutely his fault. Sure. <laughs> that's okay. I'll tell you. And quarterbacks can throw interceptions. It happens. Did you see the game? Watch the game. My only concern yesterday was not a win. I could have cared less at this point. At, at the time we're 3-8, and eight, I can care less for an extra win right now when we're out of the playoffs. We'd be great to get this team rolling again and, and get the confidence going again and absolutely get ready for that 2021 season and see what players are doing, what, and make sure these guys aren't quitting. Yeah, I get all that. And how they're, they're facing adversity and, and all those challenges. I get all that. You know, I've been in locker rooms. I get all that. Right, we, We've seen that. What I hated the most was the fact that Anthony Lynn, your head coach, kept Justin Herbert in the game when we're down 45-0 and all the D-line is going to do now is pin their ears back, as they say, run it in and rock the kid. By the way, do you see how Justin Herbert, all six foot six of him, is getting hit in that pocket? It's not up top. It's not in the chest. He's getting chopped off all the time on those legs, those knees. He's getting bent backwards and that camera's, you know, as soon as he gets hit, that camera pans over to the left or to the right where the ball's going. I'm like, oh my God, what happened to the kid? How bad was that hit? Is he going to get up? There's a couple moments again where he wasn't getting up yesterday, right? He had a couple hard hits down. He's got long, long legs and they're cutting him up. You can't have those guys lumbering at him like that and chopping at him. Eventually, it's going to be an, an awful injury and I hate to say it, God forbid But the way he's getting pummeled, you're putting him in a situation where he is going to get hurt. And what did you do yesterday, Anthony Lynn? You let him stay back there, 35-0, 45-0, and continue taking those hits when that offensive line could do nothing to protect. I didn't see a sixth or seventh guy in there staying in for, for max protection. I didn't see him. I just saw him getting pummeled on every throw. So yeah, those interceptions, I'm going to give that to Anthony Lynn. I'm going to back up my boy Justin Herbert today because you're putting this kid in a situation where he's getting pummeled. And I don't want a David Carr in my hands. You know, David Carr, first-round draft pick, came out, was doing great with Houston, got pummeled all those years. And what happened? Got gun-shy, right? Couldn't deliver in the pocket anymore. Started seeing ghosts. Cannot have this kid... Experienced that you're the one that was saying, "Well, I have to protect him." He, he wasn't ready in the beginning of the year. You're you're trying to f- uh, fight so hard to get Tyrod Taylor back in, and now, and that was because you wanted to protect him from himself. Well, what are you doing now at 45-0? In his press conference, he's saying, "Oh, he's he wants him he wants him out there to kind of see the adversity and and, and go through this kind of situation for learning. Really, learning. Uh, trust me, he knows more about offensive football than you do. Him as a quarterback, playing four years in Oregon." knows more about the position that you do. You know, let Pep Hamilton talk to him. And if that's his decision saying, yeah, coach, keep him out there at 45 nothing." he needs to keep working because he needs to see what this looks like, uh, then the, the whole coaching staff is absolutely ridiculous. This is 2020, it's not 1960s football, okay? You can't get your quarterbacks hurt. You get your quarterback hurt, your season is literally done. Tyrod was here to transition to bridge to Justin. We thought it was going to be a half a season or maybe a year, but he was going to be here. Now, what are you doing? You're getting your brand new Porsche. You're taking him out of the garage and you're driving during a winter storm. Is that what you want to do? You just wax that puppy up. You're taking it out during a winter storm. Uh, Guess what? I'm taking out my truck during that time frame. Okay, I'm putting some chains on my truck and I'm going to drive it really slow and make sure that... Nothing happens while I'm trying to go back and forth from the grocery store at work. But I'm not taking out my Porsche and driving in a winter storm. And that's what you're doing right now with, with Justin Herbert. Um, I'm done with it. This is three and nine. It's disgusting. It's not even the record. It's how they're playing now. This team, I'm going to tell you again, has not quit, but I think the soul has been taken out of them. Okay? And, and there, there is a little bit of a difference. This team now has the psyche of, oh, we're losing. That's not quitting, but it, it's, a men, it's a mentally draining aspect that will come to a team when this, when this kind of situation happens. When you know your coach is calling wrong plays, uh, especially on these fourth and short situations and getting confused on fourth and two versus fourth and four and calling timeouts when it's unnecessary to kick a field goal rather than moving back five yards or making it from a 28-yard field goal to a 33-yard field goal a few weeks ago. And you're you're not calling timeouts when you need to go on a two-minute pace and you need those timeouts after you made a long completion to get your bearings again and get straight again. When you're making run calls, when you're running the ball, Uh, against the Buffalo Bills with seconds to go and you have no timeouts and you get stopped. And then you try to do a quarterback sneak three to four yards away and then you have your offensive line pass blocking while your quarterback is trying to sneak and gets blown up. This is when the psyche of a team, you look back and and you go, wait a minute, this isn't good. We're not in a good situation. And this is when you lose a team. And guys and gals, I got to tell you, This 53-man roster, he's lost it. I'm not here to try to get people fired. I know it's tough out there in every field to keep your job and to get paid and take care of your kids and family and and make sure you've got your reputation and your career. But I got to tell you, Anthony Lynn is no longer a coach on this team and should not be a coach on this team. He doesn't deserve to be. And for the rest of the staff, you know what? Sorry, it's done. Clean slate. Clean slate bring it in, get this going. If they want to interview Pep Hamilton, if they want to interview uh, Shane Steichen, that's great. Let them interview him and see what we can do for, for next year. If there's other staff on board that that needs to be here, okay, let's take a look at it with the new coaching staff. The new coach should have his stay or his say on who's going to stay, who's going to go, and what he wants to bring in. At 3-9, and nine, the LA Chargers are done for the 2020 season. And now my only worry is Please don't get our quarterback hurt for the remainder of this season. It's sad. This was a season where you really could have made a push into that wildcard spot, into that fifth, sixth, seventh. If you look at it, the talent we have on this team and how we're playing, absolutely a wildcard spot. That would have been a threat in the playoffs against any team, just like you saw against the Chiefs, against the Bucks, against the Saints. This team had it all and literally have been stripped of it. All right, so what do we do from now? Uh, what we do is we, get, we strap it back up. We play Atlanta next week, right? We have Atlanta. We have the Vegas Raiders. We have the Broncos once again with that tough defense. And we finish off against what could be uh, back-to-back champions of the Kansas City Chiefs. A tough pill to swallow, but here we go. What I would do is uh, as uh, Tom Telesco, uh, now today's Monday, December 7th, 2020. It's just before noon here. I'm recording this in Southern California. Uh, I'm firing Anthony Lynn. I'm letting go of everybody on that staff. And, I'll, well, unfortunately, I can't do it all now, but Anthony has to step down. I would put in um, the interim, right? And, and you could, you can go Gus Bradley route. You can go Pep Hamilton route. You can go Shane Steichen route. I don't care. But you you have to make a statement now to your fan base saying that, yeah, no, we're going to move on next year. You're going to have to make a statement now to the rest of the coaches out there, potential coaches, that, hey, the Charger spot is open. Justin Herbert. This offense with Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Derwin James is open. You're telling me right now there's a better job in the NFL? Detroit is a better job than the, NFL, than the Chargers? Uh, soon-to-be Chicago Bears will be a better job than the Chargers? Soon-to-be New York Jets will be a better job than the Chargers? Look at the starting quarterbacks that they have there versus what we have here and a defense that could be revamped, revamped very quickly. Speaking of Tom Telesco. Uh, I got to tell you, it's not just Anthony Lynn right now. I've got a, a few bones to pick on, uh, on with, with Tom Telesco, and I like him a lot. I thought he's done a great job with the draft, with some exceptions, right? How about the third-round pick of uh, Trey Pipkins? How's that looking right now? It's looking awful. It's looking awful. Uh, how about the fact that we have not been drafting linemen? Quality offensive linemen do not become available in free agency. Not unless you have an injury or you have some other issue that's unforeseen. You do not become available in free agency because offensive linemen, these guys are like unicorns. Quality offensive linemen are like unicorns. You have to make sure you grab one and you pay one. You take really good care of one. They'll be there for you for the next 7 to 12 years, okay? And that's what you would need. We don't even have – forget the quality starters. We don't have quality starters on this team. Just watch what, what Green Bay does. Look at the time Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, look at the time he has when he's throwing that ball. He, and he even made it to, uh, last week. He said, I have so much time in the pocket, I don't get touched. Uh, you don't get touched? Herbert's throwing 400 yards a game with three to four touchdowns, which already, by the way, he was already doing previously to uh, this New England game. He was giving you that stat line while getting uh, thrashed, by defense linemen draped all around his legs. Imagine what a clean pocket would do. So not the fact that we have a bad starting offensive line. We have no depth. We literally have no depth. We pull these guys off the, off the, off the pine, off the streets, off the practice squad. We have no quality depth in O-line. And Green Bay Packers give us, you know, Brian, they let Brian Belaga go, and we sign him up for $10, 10 million plus a year for three years, and he doesn't perform like one. And look what's going on, on their side. They absolutely haven't missed a uh, a beat. They actually are better. So yeah, this is these are rough words coming from me, and I, I in regards to I'm, I'm kind of knocking players today. But you know, it is what it is. It's your record is not some phantom record. This is not oh the best three and eight team or three and nine. No, you're, you're three and nine for a dang reason, man. You're three and nine because your players aren't playing well. Your coaches are not coaching well, and this team psyche is is, is lost. You know, I was expecting this team really to come out strong against New England. I don't know what I was doing. I really thought after that Buffalo Bills embarrassment on, on, on national TV uh, with, with what, you know, Rich Gannon was saying about this team, which I'm not a big Rich Gannon fan at all. I actually don't even like him when he does play calls. It kind of bothers me. But he, he said what was true. Uh, in that last few minutes, he he mentioned what was true. And I was like, hey, what is happening here? How, how embarrassing is this head coach? That's exactly what he was saying. Okay. You can infer it. So he couldn't say it all directly, but he pretty much made it very uh, very clear that the coaching was awful. And he's 100% correct. He's 100% correct. He was a quarterback in this league, a very successful one. He saw it. He goes, how do you coach this? How do you coach this? And now we have the embarrassment of special teams uh, this last Sunday. And then taking it back two weeks prior to that with the uh, the time issues, uh, just, just the mismanagement of clock throughout the whole season. If I'm the Spanoses, right, and I've given Tom Telesco this reign, I'm Tom Telesco. I'm sitting back going, this this is not working. Why do I have to wait four more weeks to fire this guy? I got to make a statement right now. I don't care what the loyalty factor is, man. You got to make a statement to your fan base because guess what? You're going to lose them, right? I am not enjoying watching the games. Not because it's, it might be a loss. Hey, that's football, man. You're not going to win every game. You know, that, This is football unless you got that powerhouse team. I'm not anticipating every single time you win, but you want to have a chance to win. You want to put your players in the best position to win a game, and you don't have that right now because not only are you, are you playing against the up, opposite team, you're playing against some inept coaching right now. You are hurting yourself. Your coaching staff is hurting you every time you're on the field, and now you're fighting against two people yourself and the other team, and that can't be right. And As a Chargers fan, that's extremely frustrating. There's too many good teams out here to watch to watch what we're doing with the Chargers. It is difficult. If you love something and you see it crumble, it's very difficult. If you're an outsider and watching it, a train wreck, you could be laughing all day. But if it's your team and it's your love and you're seeing what's happening to it, it's devastating. It's devastating as a fan to see that happening, right? So, hey, listen, it's only a game. Uh, we're, we're surviving through through much worse situations, right? This is only a football, football game, but it does mean something for us fans. And to see it crumble the way it is without a, a recourse, without some kind of accountability, uh, it makes it hard. It's a hard, uh, bitter pill to swallow. And again, this is nothing personal. Anthony Lynn seems like a great man, honorable man, uh, has accountability, has integrity, and he, you know he says the right things to keep his players protected and his coaches protected. I commend him for that. He's taking a lot of, a lot of blasts, and he he's taking the front lines of that. I get it, but as a head coach, you need to take those blasts. That's your job. That's why you get paid what you get paid. That's your job. But when you realize this is not working for you, then things have to change. Do you resign? Possibly. If if it's better for the team, then you resign. It's something you have to discuss with Tom Telesco because this isn't working. And, Tom, you got to start drafting offensive linemen, man. you got to start protecting uh, these assets. There's no running game because there's no offensive line. The lack of running game. Austin Eckler's getting beat. Um, I, I love Kalen Bellage. I think he's a great pickup, but he has no running lane to go through. This is why you're throwing 50-plus uh, uh, attempts here. Uh, last few games, right? You're letting this kid throw fifty, fifty attempts. How do you allow fifty plus attempts every week? How's how that possible? What, what are we doing? What's happening to our running game, right? What what became because you have no offensive line, you become one dimensional. All you can do is pass now, right? Because first down and second down, you try to run and you get you're getting one yard and you get negative one here, and now you got to pass on third and ten or third and eleven. That's what you're doing, and it, it's getting it's it's getting pretty. Uh, Pretty obvious, and it's, it's it's sad. And now it becomes a player safety issue. So with that, um, listen, it, it's unfair. It, it's unfair for us fans. It's unfair for the players. And unfortunately, this gets resolved soon. Uh, if I'm Tom Telesco, I'm making the move today. If I'm Tom Telesco, I'm making the call today. I'm putting it out there today. The Chargers uh, need new direction. And the call would be interim coach and I'm looking for my, my new leader uh, as soon as January comes around. And that's what needs to get done. Out of the college ranks, out of the coordinators of the NFL, you do what you have to do. Get the right person. That's going to take care of this kid who's going to be a mega superstar. So start winning, start building this organization back up. You've got a lot of great pieces to make this a championship team. And I am not afraid to say that either this team can very easily be a championship team. You have a lot of the main pieces. Derwin James, Joy Bosa, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Some of the pieces that really need to come together and make this work. Just great nucleus of players. Let's make it happen. I know you guys are frustrated as much as I am, maybe even more so. But I just want to remind you a quick little story if I can share it with you. Um, many years ago, when LT was a rookie, uh, the Chargers were one and fifteen. I was at the game where they became one out of those fifteen. It was against the Chiefs, I believe. I was sitting at um, on my seats at my seats in um, San Diego at beautiful Qualcomm Stadium, Jack Murphy Field, and I saw number twenty one running up the field, catching passes, scoring touchdowns. And we only won one game that year. And that was that was a tough pill to swallow. But many good things came after that year. And opportunities for Super Bowls came after that year. Unfortunately, we didn't get a championship. But a lot of great playoff memories and just quality players all the way around. Great coaching. It's going to happen again. I have faith. I'm just not sure if it's going to be Tom Telesco that will be the GM that's going to bring the new coach in. Or will this be a brand new startup, including GM and coach? That's something we'll see in the next four games. That's something that Spanos has to decide. That's something that Tom Telesco has to sell. Uh, But as of now, in my book, the reign of Anthony Lynn as a Chargers head coach is done. I appreciate you guys all listening in awesome to see all these charger fans all around the country and around the world appreciate you guys listening from france philippines mexico uh, you guys are pretty amazing i'd like to thank my man tyrell mad dog wiggins our sound engineer that makes us sound good appreciate you tyrell and also Kevin McLeod for Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants, our music intro and exit. You can find Kevin McLeod at filmmusic.io. I'm Dean Malconian. Catch us next time on Extreme Voltage.